0: my good people what is going on episode six unnecessary rambling here we are i'm brandon sylvia i appreciate you all for stopping by today to listen to my ramblings we got a uh, a pretty big show a, a lot of stuff to dive into I'm recording this a few days early I'm recording this on a friday night actually because we got the the nba playoffs kicking off tomorrow i actually was was watching the uh timberwolves and the uh fucking thunder doing the the little play-in game and the the timberwolves started really you know running away with the game so i was like do i really care enough to see if the the thunder come back and win this thing probably not let's go ahead and uh and, and get this, this thing recorded, because I was thinking about just recording recording early Saturday morning, but I was like, let, let, let's go ahead, knock this bad boy out, and if any big breaking news takes place, you know, between now and Sunday, or maybe even Monday, I'll uh, edit it in, splice that in, stitch that in, and uh, have it ready to go for you by Tuesday. So, um, yeah, I don't think that you really care one way or the other what day I'm recording this on, but a little early recording for, for playoff preparation, man, for some good old NBA playoff preparation. If any of you are are fans of, of hoops, hit me up in the comments. Let me know what you're thinking. I'm thinking like a part of me wants to just go with the easy answer and say, Katie, puts the Suns over the top and you know adding in and or adding KD to to the in Booker CP3 trio which they, they were in the finals what uh was that last year two years ago and then ended up losing so like how do you add KD to that that lineup to that mix and and end up failing it's just it seems like too good to be true but you know you look at Brooklyn with Kyrie KD James Harden, and that was a bit of a disaster due to you know some things outside of their control, a little bit, but um, yeah, uh, it, it on the east, it's like I, I really want to go with Joel Embiid, but once again, talking about Harden and some playoff dips and some peaks and valleys, there it's like I, I love Embiid, I love the way that he plays basketball, kind of just a, a old school big man, but with new school game added in on top of it being able to you know shoot from the outside so versatile he he has the traditional skill set the big like 72 280 pound dominant center but also able to really move and create his own shots. And I, he's like probably my favorite player right now to watch. So I I root for the Sixters. I, I, you know, my, my, my dad is from Boston, a huge Celtics fan. So like a part of me kind of roots for the Celtics. And I I really like watching Tatum, a lot of flurries of Kobe in there. So it's just, it's the playoffs have been fun the past two years, a lot more parody, uh, a lot more competition, seemingly in the, the playing games have been really good and really competitive. So if those are any indicators of what we can expect going into the playoffs, I'm pumped to see what we, to see what we get. And uh, yeah, I just love having a a good all day, you know, uh, an entire day revolving around NBA playoffs. I just love it. My, my favorite time of the year for sports without a doubt. So very damn excited. But if I had to put my money on something, I'm saying, fucking. I'm saying. Oh man, I. Uh, I think I would say Phoenix meets. I'm gonna go Phoenix and Sixers. It's hard to discount the Warriors too, though. I know that you know they're they're not having as dominant uh, of a season as they have in the past. I'm sorry to be rambling about damn basketball, but hey, might as well just begin the rambling because I think today's gonna be a very long show, regardless. So. What the fuck does an additional 10 minutes really hurt? Um, but yeah, hard to discount the Warriors when when Dre Claymon uh, when Draymond Clay and, and Curry are all healthy, they, they are a force to be reckoned with. Um, getting older obviously doesn't help that picture. Injuries start to linger and pop up and last a little bit longer than they did, you know, in, in 20 whatever, 15, 16, when they were really steamrolling through everybody. But it's it's just a, you know, Milwaukee is another team that I always discount. And, and I, I think I discredit Giannis a little bit too much there. Um, he's he's proven that he can take a team very damn far, not saying by himself, but largely by himself. And then you obviously have LeBron and A.D., in, in in the purple and gold with the Lakers and the you really don't want to run up against LeBron that matchup right there with the the Grizzlies and the Lakers like that's hands down the most interesting round one matchup or I, I think probably the most interesting round one matchup with the the beef and the rivalry that's kind of been percolating over there. um so yeah it's it's just gonna be really damn fun to follow along with. I think I actually would take the Lakers over the Grizzlies. In round one, I just don't know if I have trust in the Grizzlies. Real young, um, yeah, just just real young. I, I could see that team being a team that makes some mistakes against like a, a real seasoned. AD and and LeBron and, you know, even Dennis Schroeder and you have some, some complimentary pieces over there, D'Angelo Russell. And uh, they, they, they have some, some complimentary pieces, even that, that Austin Reeves kid, Uh, I'm not saying, you know, obviously he's not uh, like a seasoned vet or anything, but they just have, they have some nice pieces over there that are are, uh, definitely like, like some, some role players to watch. They could have like those big breakout games in the playoffs. So yeah, uh, a a bunch of, of interesting matchups across the board that I am. I'm very eager to see how they play out, but I think I'm going Sixers and Suns for my, my final prediction for my, my finals prediction. And I, I think I would lock in. I think I would lock in the Suns to take it all. It's it's uh, that seems probably like one of the more safe bets out there, but it, it just seems too good to, uh, I guess, too good to be true, but also too good to fail, you know, so we shall see. Also, before we dive into the show, um, I am recording this on StreamYard. I, I did the uh, Resident Evil spoiler cast with Jen from Retro Rivals, and we used StreamYard. And I, I like, logged into it to kind of mess around with the, the settings and see how everything operated. and. I just loved the simplicity, you know, having these like instant layouts and where you can switch and I'll show you real quick on the fly here. we like, I have my, I can go straight to this boom. Don't have to readjust anything. I got, you know, half the screen ready to go for, for the gameplay footage, um, you know, or, or sectioned off for the gameplay footage and then just boom, right back to full cam. It's like all so intuitive right here in this, um, you know right here in this app and like i just it's so fucking easy but drawback last time i recorded there was quite a few audio issues and uh i i'll I'll for sure switch back to OBS after this recording if if the audio issues aren't resolved it was storming the last time i recorded though so i'm wondering if that is going to play a major factor into it? But if there are audio issues like the glitching and some of the, the, there was a lot of that, that glitching and shit taking place. I don't have the world's best internet. I live out in the middle of fucking nowhere bought property in the middle of nowhere to, uh, you know, I, it's not really in the middle of nowhere. It's about 45 minutes or so away from, from, uh, from where I, I lived previously, but, It's definitely more in the in the boondocks than um than not not even to say more than I would like it to be, because I do like living out in the country. I like having space away from my neighbors. I don't like being right on top of people, surrounded by people. I'm not really the biggest people person. I I, I fancy myself to be a nice fellow, but I don't like a lot of interaction with people. I like to keep that to a uh yeah i like to keep it as minimal as as possible while still being functional and uh, having a somewhat healthy social balance there but but i like my space for sure like my space so it works for me being out in the country in the middle of nowhere but in terms of internet service does not it doesn't bode well for internet service out here we we have a lot of uh, bullshit, you know, pay $200 a month to get 15 megabits per second download type shit. Just total scam markets. Thankfully, I did end up getting, rambling like a motherfucker here, but I ended up getting this little device called a gateway from Verizon. And it gets me like 50, 45, 50 megabits per second. So it's like able to do the shit that I need done. Um, But it, it, it's still not like top of the line, top of the line internet. Um, So hopefully that's not holding the 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 app back here and, and, and making it a little bit rougher. So we'll see. I'm going to record it this time on StreamYard here. And after this, if it fucks up again, I will be hopping back over to OBS and doing everything right in there. But I really wanted to use StreamYard because... Uh, for one, the, the live streaming functionality. Like, I uh, find that really, really interesting. And I, and I will definitely be tinkering around with that format. My only thing, and I've said this before, back in the going gaming days, if you followed me over there, it's like, I'm not getting into the live streaming shit unless I can have video fo- or, or gameplay footage for you guys to watch. It's just like, It's, it's a much fucking worse show if you don't have gameplay footage uh, available for you all to see. And I'm, I'm just not gonna like, I'm not going to, to diminish the quality of the show. And, um, you know, because like the, the live streaming part, I, I love that because if, if I could like grab the footage, have it locally recorded, play it, and also be able to like live chat with you guys, interact with you guys in live time um i'd, I'd be so that'd I'd be i'd be so down for that and it, it would make the editing process pretty much nothing and so uh and even just the the, uh, the ability to to have this show as it is now and then have a live stream show separately like that shit is is very very um appealing to me but when I've live streamed in the past and I, I got to say, I've never used uh, a stream yard to live stream, but I've used a bunch of different, you know, uh, apps and and uh, different fucking software to try to do this. And it would always be uh, I would try to bring up the gameplay and it would just be super fucking choppy. Those of you from the easygoing gaming days probably remember me trying to do that. And it was just so, so bad. And so uh, I won't do that if it, if it's. Low quality or anything like that. If it's a super laggy fucking delay, like I, if it, you know, if the if the clips have to run at thirty frames per second or something like that, I'm not gonna. Uh, that's not the biggest deal in the world. If it's a little bit of fucking latency, not the biggest deal in the world. But, um, yeah, if if I can get that up and running, I, I would love to do some some live stream type shit for the show. But all right, that is enough of the rambling We're we're fucking what 10 plus minutes into the show. And I'm running my damn jaw here. Uh, okay. So let's go ahead. And Oh yeah. Yeah. The, the uh, community poll, we're going to be doing the community poll each week. And I'm really fucking pumped for this. So I'm going to have you guys vote every week, uh, probably like Thursday or so. And I'm going to let you all pick the final topic for each show. So uh, this week, you know, I I had four options there. You guys ended up voting the top 10 most underrated games. That was the one that that won the poll. I'm going to take that and we will discuss my, I've made my list here, got my top 10 most underrated games of all time prepared. We'll discuss that, but the, the, whatever comes in second place, then moves on to, to next week and the third and fourth place votes, they get, you know, uh, suspended for a month or two. They can't come back for a little bit, but whatever comes in second place goes to the next week's vote. And so, you know, you'll, you'll have another chance. If that's something that you really wanted to see, you'll have another chance to vote for it, but it goes up against three new options in, in the next week. So I just, you know, I want to make sure that I'm involving you guys in the weekly show. That way you're more invested, having fun and getting some some the the content that you want out there. And um, and also because like I, I love having the vote where you all can can go in and ca- kind of vote on on what I'm going to play. But we're running up against that time of the year where it's just crazy. Just fucking crazy with new releases: Jedi Fallen Order, um, Dredge, um, Last Case of Benedict Fox, Redfall, uh, Breath of the Wild, Final Fantasy 16. It just—it's starting to stack up to the point where, like, I don't know how often I would be able to do a vote where you can select what I knock off the backlog or what I replay because I don't know if I'll have any time to knock anything off the backlog or replay anything with the new releases dropping that I'm interested in and in playing and covering. So I figured that would be a good way to keep you all involved and, uh, yeah. And, and interested in the show weekly and then getting the, the content from me that you want on the show. So hope you're all, uh, on board for that. It, each week probably around thursday a vote winner the the winner topic the winning topic will be discussed on that that following tuesday and then the second place whatever comes in second place will enter the next week's vote to see if it can come out on top and uh yeah and then it'll, it'll be going up against three different topics so i think it's going to be fun going to be fun it's going to be uh a nice little challenge for me as well to, to have like a new fresh topic each week to think about like different lists to put together and shit like that. So very pumped, but let's go ahead and kick off the show with, uh, what I am playing. All right. So the first game I really want to talk about today is a space for the unbound. I just finished it and I have a lot to say about this damn game and I don't really know where to start. I don't know what not to say, because I think that's just as important as, as what I want to say, because like, I I don't want to spoil this game at all for anyone. I think this is a narrative that is absolutely worth experiencing. It is it really uh makes you become very introspective. It, it's dealing with a lot of, of themes of, existentialism and um just what all this shit is and in in the world that they craft it 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 goes there man it's a very unique story that they're telling with with great setups and great characters i'll say this on on the the surface it is a like nes snes inspired 2d adventure game with this wonderful handcrafted little town that you get to go and explore. And it, it you know, is this setup initially is very fetch questy, just going around doing little tasks, but it it never feels fetch questy in a way that's cumbersome or like, where do I go running around with a chip light, like, like a chicken with your head cut off? It's, it's never any of that. You, everything is designed so well, that even if you, you know, have to backtrack just a little bit, you're never going too far out of your way. Everything's set up and, and and the location design is so memorable that you're never really lost. And there's not like a humongous world for you to explore. And so the fetch questing is actually just more. It's more designed around the fact of it wants you to interact with all the different townspeople and you know, see what makes them tick, see who they are, because they all play a pretty pivotal role in the the narrative unfolding and in getting little clues and advancing the plot lines. And a lot of it does come full circle where these characters that you'll meet at the very beginning of the game will still be there towards the end of the game and then have very important roles in getting you to the end of the game. So the the setup is, is... I, I'll say simple on the surface, but it really uh shatters your expectations by like hour three and it's a it's a fairly chunky game. I think it took me about 10 hours to finish it. so th- there's a lot in there, you know and it it's dealing with heavy, heavy, heavy themes. what is this? what are we? why are we here? do we matter? Does it matter if we matter like all these fucking, uh, you know, meta storylines going on that play out really well because for one, the subtlety with the art style where like any little, any little face, any little motion, any little change in the scenery is like such a, a shock to the system because it does present itself as a very simple game visually. Uh, gameplay wise mechanically it sets itself up as so simple so when the little mood changes the music kind of switches there's like a, a little shift in what's going on in the background the, the the visuals slightly change like just lighting changes the littlest subtle details that that uh, start to differ as the game goes on are very noticeable because of the simplicity at which this game is is typically running at for the beginning stages. So excellent, excellent design in, in, in that respect. It's so tough to figure out where I, cause I, what I just said, it, it doesn't sound like anything different from what else is on the market. But then if I tell you the thing that makes it so different, it, it, it'll lose its impact when you experience it. I'll, I'll say this you're given this red magical book early in the game and it allows you to kind of dive into the minds of other characters in this game world. And it, it, it's kind of like the, the psychonauts effect where you're getting into their brain and trying to unclutter it, trying to remove the the negativity and the bad thoughts to, you know, at times you can use it, uh, Not necessarily against people, but you can use it for your own gain where, okay, I need this done, so I'm going to try to push this character in a specific direction. And that may have negative ramifications later on in the game, but typically you're going in and you're trying to help people and ease their mind a little bit by uncluttering it to the best of your ability. And um, that's a main, main hook of the game. It's still not the main hook of the game. the, the main hook really surrounds the the two characters, Rhea and Atma, I, I believe is is the pronunciation. I may be off there, but they are these two characters who at the beginning of the game, they're they're dating, they're in class together. they're at their senior year of high school. and they are kind of unsure of where to go next in 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 their life what direction do they want to to follow what path do they want to go down and they kind of have this like unbridled starry-eyed love for one another and like they they they're aware enough of the real world that they need to figure out what the fuck they want to do but they feel like they're at their last kind of phase Before they enter into full on adulthood where they're still, you know, they're they're the senior year of high school, but they're still kids at this time. And it's like, you know what? Fuck this, man. Like, let's go off. We're going to write down our bucket list for this summer. We're going to write down our bucket list, what we want to do together, what we want to experience. And let's let's just stick to this instead of going and taking this exam to see what direction we need to take with our life going forward for college or whatever. And it feels so goddamn pure and, and weirdly uh, specifically nostalgic because there is just that, that very small slice of your life where you're old enough to get around and go on these adventures and you're young enough to not realize the, the brutal beating that reality is likely going to offer you up. And so when it presents itself early on in the game as, as just this peachy adventure that you're getting to go on, it it just feels so, so warm. And I will say for a lot of the game, it is like a warm, cozy blanket to snuggle up with. But I'll also say, don't get too fucking comfortable with that at all. It's a lot darker than you would expect. It's a lot more serious than you would expect. They do have like their, their, their humor. There's this one section where you're in like kind of a cooking mini game and, uh, or it's not really a mini game. You're, you're assisting someone else with their cooking. And like, there's some, some jokes, some humor in there. Like one section, uh, you're, you're sabotaging other people's meals to help out your friend. And Like, like, because you want her to win this cooking challenge and the chef says, or or one of the, one of the people say, you know, this meal is going to be perfect. I just got to make sure it's not too oily and you go and you get some oil and you like splash it in the dish while they're not looking. And the, the chef, the, the like master chef who is, is doing this reality show style event uh, comes over and they, they taste test the the food and they say something to the effect of uh, <laughs> you got to be careful this is so oily that uh, uh, fucking what did it say foreign foreign entities could come and invade your plate or some shit like that and i'm like goddamn that's a that's definitely a, a one liner there for this you know, uh, kind of simple, cute NES, SNES uh, retro-inspired adventure game. It, it would just there's a couple of those moments with the humor that definitely does catch you off guard. But yeah, man, overall it's a a joy to play. There's not a ton of in-depth mechanics there going on. It, it's it's like I said, very simplistic. But they do have like their little sections of. I guess what you'll call combat where you just do some little button inputs and time up a meter to, to block and evade at the right time. So they they do the best that they can to keep the gameplay feeling different and varied enough to uh, to have a good time with it throughout the experience. You're seeing enough new fun shit throughout the journey. And then the the final two hours or so, I would say, or just top tier uh, where it's like a straight linear path. No more worrying about any backtracking or any real uh, any of the real um puzzle solving or adventuring fetch questy elements that you were you were dealing with earlier in the game. It's very heavy narrative. Just say that. I'll leave it there, and um, this is a special game. This is a very, very special game that I, I would definitely recommend to anybody. I, I loved this game. Um, there were a couple sections, I'll say, that, that make it to where I could see maybe some people getting frustrated with just the... Well, I don't really know the word I'm looking for. Like, there are, there's a section with some doors, I'll just say, and some, like repeating of the same exact scenario and you're just like, why exactly was this added in? Maybe there was something contextual, you know, some, some story context there that I didn't pick up on, but by and large, that section of the game, I really just didn't feel was necessary at all. Um, And there, there was like maybe one or two of those moments, but you're talking about 15, 20 minutes of not great, which in the grand scheme of things, you're talking about a 10 hour game, 20 minutes of not, not great. I'll, I'll happily fucking take that for a narrative that is this good. And at times so heartwarming at times, so heartbreaking. And, and um, it, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful story. though. one that will absolutely make you think about your place, where you are, where you need to be, And if any of that matters at all. All right. And real quick, I will give you my final thoughts on GTA four. I finished it. And um, I had a very weird experience with grand theft auto four and finishing it. So I get to the final mission and there's a section where you have to like climb into this helicopter and I'm, I'm, it's like tap a, to climb into the helicopter. So I'm tapping it. You know, and then, but but the first time I failed, I was like, okay, I maybe didn't tap it fast enough. Maybe I wasn't paying attention to exactly when it uh, the prompt popped up, and I failed because I wasn't aware of what was going on at that specific moment. So I was like, okay, I'll run it back, and I failed again. But I was tapping it pretty quick that time. I was like, that's weird. I feel like I should have got that. But let us take this a lot more serious. Let me tap the fuck out of this thing. Third time, I'm fucking tapping the shit out of a, and. I still, I still fail the mission. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? So I went to Google and supposedly they there's some issue with the backwards compatible version of GTA 4 running on the Series X because the Series X backwards compatible enhancement, whatever program, they boost it to 60 frames per second. And supposedly the mission was designed with the 30 frames per second in mind. And it just somehow totally bricks that, uh, you know, quick tapping of a section where you're trying to climb into the helicopter. If you're running the game at 60. And so people are saying like, yeah, it's, it's just like fucking totally impossible to do it on the series X. I'm like, well, fuck, that is an interesting case where, The enhanced backwards compatible versions of of the game actually hurt and and kind of broke it, which which is you know not common at all as far as I'm aware. With everything I've played through backwards compatibility on the Series X, I've never experienced that. So very very odd. But I was like, okay, I got I got my 360, um, popped it in on the 360, and it was a jarring experience. I, you know, I hadn't played Grand Theft Auto 4 in so long, man. So I forgot what it looked like running natively on the hardware that it was built for. And so I'm playing it on the 360 and I'm like, wow, that enhancement on the Series X is almost like a fucking remaster. It just looks so much cleaner, runs so much better. I did have a weird experience where like when I was driving on the 360, I felt, I felt like it was just so much easier to navigate, to, to steer the vehicle on the 360 version, which was really, really strange. It just felt like less reactionary, uh, maybe once again, because it's not running at 60 frames per second. It's not reacting to every little press of the button that you do. It felt like on the Series X, if I would just like slowly, like barely tap left or right on the analog stick while I was driving, my damn entire car would do a fucking u-turn. And uh which I'm 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 totally honest, I'm not the best of of drivers in open world games or just in in racing games in general, but um it was a lot easier on the on the 360. And uh, but but the shooting, holy fuck. The 60 frames per second when you're using the crosshairs and the the free aim when you're when you're not using the the auto aim, the Series X is is I mean, night and day, it's so much smoother and better on the Series X. And then if you do have, you know, an Xbox One or Series X, I, I highly recommend playing Grand Theft Auto 4 on one of those systems. The enhancements are are very, very, very easy to notice when you, when you go from the 360 to the Series X version of it. But yeah, so I ended up finishing that mission and I... I, you know, did it first try, no problem, on the 360. It was just literally uh, totally bugged out on the, the Series X. But yeah, went through it, finished it. I love the ending. It, it concluded the, the same way that the entire story was going from that point forward with giving you agency, allowing you to make the decisions. The entire final act of that game is all relying on you, the player, giving you the 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 decisions to make and and whatever result you get it's on you and i fucking love that i really hope that you know one of the the districts that you explore in grand theft auto 6 allows for a little bit more of that realistic gritty nature and and uh, you know maybe even uh, returning to this uh, it, uh, you don't have to return it just, just something that is a little bit more gritty because I, I think that Grand Theft Auto historically has, you know, been wacky, zany characters, and I, I love that the the you know trevor's of the world and the big smokes of the world and and you know there's layers to those characters as well. But like having this more gritty storyline in GTA 4, I just felt like it 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 w- was so captivating throughout the experience. But what I want more than anything for grand theft auto six is true player agency, allowing you to make decisions on who lives, who dies and, and having that domino effect. I thought that was hands down the best thing. And then most memorable thing about grand theft auto four, but I really, really enjoyed this experience. I'm glad you guys voted for it. It, it, like I said, it, it has some age on it for sure. It, It doesn't hold up nearly as well as, as, um, It, it, you know, let me say this first. Playing it on the 360, it was this weird experience where I was looking at it and I was going, "Oh yeah." When I was playing the 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 PS3 at the time and booted it up for the first time, I was like, "This is the most amazing looking video game ever made." And you're talking about 2008. Look at the competition. In 2008, uh, visually and just technically, and, uh, it, it was so far and away superior to everything else at the time. But going back to it in 2023, of course, you know, lock on aiming is not a fucking thing anymore. And uh, the, the, the shooting in general doesn't hold up all that well. I, I, I Like I said, I, I do think. The, the changing it to the free aim makes it much better, but it's still not like world world class shooting. Um the checkpointing systems are very outdated. So there, there are things to complain about, but I'll take a few complaints with just an excellent, excellent narrative and, and a fun game with a bunch of fun mini games going off and seeing fucking Ricky Gervais at the at the damn uh, the, I forget what the the name of the comedy club is in the game, but they have the comedy club with Ricky Gervais. You're going off, hanging out, watching Ricky Gervais going off on these little silly dates and hanging out with your buddies at the pool hall and fucking going golfing. It's just it's it's a blast. It, it was it was really a fun experience to to. You know, to replay this game for the first time in over a decade. Mm-hmm. All right. So it is now time to hop into the news. And we're going to kick this one off with old Redfall. Redfall will not be 60 frames per second on Xbox consoles. It'll be 60 frames per second on PC, launching at 30 frames per second on Xbox, even Series X. And, uh, this is inexcusable, man. I, I'm not a technical snob. You guys know that. I'll still play Redfall. I'm sure I'll have a fine time with it. But the first-person shooter fans out there, they they they're they're not gonna tolerate no damn 30 frames per second on a first-person shooter. This is the one genre where you just can't have 30 frames per second. I mean, it's 2023. It's it's inexcusable. Something like Plague Tale: Requiem sure a, a cinematic adventure e- even something like gotham knights is more tolerable than this but even G- gotham knights i was like it should have been 60 frames per second and, and it's funny because i feel like there's a lot of similarities there with gotham knights and the untethered co-op experience and how they're talking about that's the the real problem and the real drawback and supposedly similar features are running with redfall and is that the drawback there is that why this thing is, is not going to run at 60. If so, same thing I said about Gotham Knights. Uh, w- w- what was that double slasher? Right. When, yeah. Yeah. Gotham Knights came out last year when, when the news was announced that it was going to run at 30 all uh, because of the multiplayer. I was like, why not have it to where the single player campaign can run at 60? It it was just bizarre. I, I did not understand that decision at all, but like I said, I'm not a fucking developer. There's probably a bunch of issues piling up that, that my little ass brain can't even fucking process. But I will say this. This is a first party title that's coming from a trillion dollar company. Trillion, not billion, trillion. Microsoft money, dude. Trillions of dollars. I, 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 I don't get it. I, I just truly, truly don't get it. I don't understand why these first party issues continue to plague Xbox. You know, you're, you're looking at Halo that launched incomplete. I feel like is a, a fair and, and maybe even light way of putting that. Um and, and just fable. Supposedly running into multiple hurdles in the developmental process. Fucking state of decay three. Same thing. Perfect. Dark. Same thing. All these issues continually plaguing their, their first party studios. You have to go like, what the fuck is going on? The, The, the coalition supposedly had just recently scrapped a game and they're back to, to work on gear six. They were working on some new IP, supposedly, and, and, and now they're they're back to Gear Six because um, you know, uh, whatever something fucking took place in development, they scrapped the the old IP allegedly. Who fucking knows? But it, it's just constantly these problems with with first party software, and I can't look at this as anything other than a Microsoft problem. You know, a management problem. Like I, 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 it can't be that every single developer, other than the fucking developer, which which you know, Playground's working on Fable, but every game, first party wise, other than the the you know smaller kind of indie titles, and the the fucking games with cars in them, everything else seems to be it, it, fucking up in flames right now. Avowed. Saw a trailer in 2019, nothing from it since, or, or early 2020, whatever. Perfect dark, fable, stated the K3. You know, it, it's it's constant. And you're looking at this 30 frames per second, and in you know that Starfield's gonna be 30 frames per second. This is all but fucking confirming that. You know, it's like it's it's asinine dude it's fucking asinine and you know i'm seeing things like people saying well we'll just delay it it's like well we'll delay it until when until series why because we were all supposed to wait this was going to be the generation you know this all these acquisitions taking place we're going to get the games we got the trillion dollar company really behind us now we're going to get the results they're going to fucking sink money into development oh okay uh, the, all the money is going to go towards acquiring shit and not funding shit to make sure games come out timely and 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 are up to snuff for the quality you know it's it's like i it's 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 ludicrous it's fucking ludicrous man no other fan base out there is uh sold a fucking $500 piece of machinery and told to wait this goddamn long you know, I I bought in this this time. I I, I got to say I was duped. I was duped, at least at this point. That's the way I'm fucking feeling. I just being real. feel like I was duped. You, you go off and you buy Bethesda and you go off and you buy Obsidian and you go off and you buy Ninja Theory. Ninja Theory is another one. I know we're seeing some progress and some updates on it, but we ain't really seen that game. We ain't really seen that game. We saw a little bit of that game. You know, it is. You go off and you buy all these studios. You go off and acquire all these studios. And we're still fucking waiting on the results. You know, it's like something has to shake. Something has to give. And even when we do get the results, even when we do get the games, there's always like some little caveat. Ah, well, you know, Halo, it, it, it's not coming with all of its features. We'll get you its features later. But we delayed it a year. You know, if we didn't launch it with the system, we're going to delay it a year to make sure all the features come with it. Oh, now we're going to launch it, but the features still aren't ready yet. We'll get you later. And now 343 is in shambles. You know, Joseph Staten leaving, and then all the fucking developers from Playground dipping. And it's, it's fucking crazy, man. It's, it's absolutely asinine what is taking place within the, the first-party ecosystem over there. Um, if, you, if you're if you not a game with a car, good luck ever seeing the goddamn light of day. And when you do see the light of day, good luck having this trillion-dollar company uh, hit you with enough resources or uh, a, a timely enough developmental pipeline or whatever to, to get your game out in a proper state Fucking bizarre, man. You know, and you're, you're talking about the conversation becomes delay the game, or should you launch the game? Uh, feature incomplete, or should you delay the game? As if those are the two options. It's like, and, and I gotta give credit and be fair. Like, it seems like the Xbox community is really fucking riled up about this one. And they're like, this is crazy, dude. This is crazy. We support you. We we have your back. You know, shit hits the fan at times. Some some negative news will break. And then we'll be like, you know, look, look, uh, uh, this, this probably isn't as bad as it seems. The media is always shitting on Xbox. Let's just take a step back. Let's take a breather thing. The, the games will start to come. That's kind of been the attitude. And I got to say, myself included, I've kind of felt that way. Like 2023, that'll be the year. The games will, will drop. They'll start to drop. And they'll start to drop with a, a level of quality that, that uh we can come to expect from this point forward. And it just it doesn't seem to be the case. And then with this this mindset of okay, well, what's the option? Should we should should it be delayed or should it just come out feature incomplete? It's like that, that those aren't the two options. Those aren't the two options. It's a trillion dollar company. The option is get the fucking game out and get it out with the, the level of quality that we should expect from a triple A trillion dollar company. It's bizarre. You, you You shouldn't acquire developers and then expect the same bar of quality or less than what they previously were capable of what their previous output was. We should expect improvements across the board. Starfield should be the most ambitious, unbelievable game ever created because they were already fucking doing that. They were already doing that with Skyrim and Fallout 4 and Fallout 3. They were already creating crazy, ambitious, unbelievable worlds for you to explore. And I, I can't even say here, like Skyrim didn't click with me at all, but you look, look at the fucking reception to that game. People consider that unanimously one of the 10 greatest games ever made. And so when when Starfield, when it says Starfield is can come in at 30 frames per second, like, and once again, let me be clear. Speaking from my perspective, I'm still going to play Redfall. I'll dive in the story. I don't really give a fuck. I, I don't give a fuck if Starfield's 30 frames per second. And I can actually understand Starfield being 30 frames per second a lot more. That game is wildly ambitious Redfall, I'm I'm sure it's ambitious. You know, it's, it's an arcane game. They have a lot of systems going on, a lot of moving parts, but you look at the visuals of it. It's like, well, that's probably not the thing that's, that's holding this game back from hitting 60. You know, you, you, you look at the shooting, you look at the magical powers, you look at the movie. You're like, yeah, well that's all been done before. So is it just the co-op? Is it the series S? Is that the 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 issue here? Look, it's been enough time. It's been enough time. If you went out and you bought a series S, okay, if if you decided to buy a Series S and you were okay with sacrificing a little bit of power for the time being, and and hopefully your mindset was I'm gonna buy this, I'm gonna save up another few hundred bucks, couple hundred bucks, I'm gonna sell the series S or you know, trade it in and then get the Series X with a couple hundred bucks that I saved up in the meantime. let's get that going. Let's get that going. Let's burn those fucking series S's with fire immediately. If that's the case, I'm once again, not saying it is. I don't fucking know. But Baldur's Gate 3, same issue where they they can't launch it on Xbox because of some issue where they're having trouble getting their multiplayer running at, at the state and the level of quality that they expect from their games. So, Dot, 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 question mark. Is it the fucking series S? I, I, I don't, I don't know. You know, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a developer. I'm not a techie, but that's a question that, that, begs to be answered at this point. And, uh, if it is the series S, get those things out, fucking send Phil on a, on a Santa escapade this December to every household that has a series S in it and fucking have him uh, uh, shimmer down the chimney and, and swap out everyone in the fucking world's series S with a series X, send his ass back to old Microsoft headquarters. And uh, let's call it a day we can't be held back by a fucking, a, a less, a lesser version of a console. If that really is the case. And if it's not, then we need some fucking answers. Like what's going on? Is it just the co-op? If so, then give us a fucking 60 frames per second, single player mode. I'm running in circles at this point, but it, it, it it's just something, something's that the water is contaminated. Something's not right in that first party household. Something's not fucking right. And, and before anybody who doesn't know me go back and look at my last episode and the one before that where I'm shitting on PSVR two, where I'm shitting on this new, uh, alleged handheld thing. I did. I, I don't have any allegiance to any of these fucking corporations. I don't give a shit. If, if I well. L- let me be fair. I want all of them to do well because I think competition is, uh, the best case scenario where we're not in this just totally, uh, fucking one company rules, all consoles market. But, I have no allegiance to either of these consoles doing better than the other. Don't give a fuck actually would really like to see Xbox start to, to crush it. Cause I think that, that, uh, that competition is needed right now. You know, you have Nintendo off doing their own thing, but in in terms of this, this triple a high fidelity, high quality, those type of experiences like that's, Xbox and PlayStation kind of controlling that entire console market space um, or, or in large part, you know, and and you want their games to be of the highest quality possible. But yeah, I have no allegiance. I, 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 I don't mind at all shitting on either which one. And I think that if you're in a position where you feel weird about shitting on companies for making horrible, horrible decisions or that you refuse to for some reason, you're in a cult. You're in a religion. That's not... If, if things suck, it's okay to say things suck. That sucks that Redfall, a first-person shooter, in 2023 is going to launch at 30 frames per second. A first-person shooter. That, that That's like probably the one and only genre that has to be 60 frames per second every single time or that fan base is going to implode. Like they they they, they haven't been used to fucking thirty frames per second. Oh, what are we in two thousand and eleven? I mean, come the fuck on, man! It, it's <sighs> Redfall, thirty frames per second, twenty twenty three, on your uh, what do they call it? The Xbox Series X, the most powerful console on the market, or whatever. For sure, man. For sure, and, I, and the thing about it is, it damn well could be. And if that, that makes it even weirder. What the fuck is the issue if they're developing and they're only developing for this console and for PC. So it's like even less fucking uh, arduous uh, requirements. It's, 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 it's a pretty, uh, it's fucking crazy. It, you know, it seems to be, and then, you know, you look over across the pond with Tears of the Kingdom, and everybody is like high on uh, high as a giraffe on Tears of the Kingdom, just hyped as hell for that. And it's like, you know, maybe Nintendo just had it right to remove all expectations of, of fidelity and frame rates and this and that and be totally unshackled by that. And let's just play off nostalgia, let's play off creativity. And let's play off like consistency and quality and then not do the race to the most superior, powerful system on the market seems to be doing them pretty damn well. And then they're consistently cranking out creative shit. And once again, I'm not rooting for Redfall to fail at all. I want the game to be great. I'm actually, you know, fairly interested in it, somewhat interested in Redfall. I'm going to play it. But when these issues continually pop up with trillion dollar companies, I think it's okay to say, Hey, that's fucking weird. I think it's okay to, to, to say, Hey, trillion dollar company. That's going on all these fucking acquisition binges. Let's actually get out some good shit and, and stop making your, your fucking consumers, who spent $500 on your system choose between delay or inferior product at launch. That's all I'm saying. All right. So with that, uh, rant out of the way there, I have two other news stories. We'll, we'll really quickly move through these. We have media molecule ending their support for dreams. September, 2023 media molecule is ending support on dreams and shifting their focus to working on a new project. I I think I talked about this in the PlayStation predictions uh episode whatever the two episodes ago whenever that was about really kind of hoping for this in a weird way I don't I don't mean to sound dismissive of dreams or that I didn't want it to succeed or anything like that I you know you're always wishing for these games to succeed but it seemed like a not saying fruitless endeavor, but it, it definitely seemed that they could have gotten more bang for their buck elsewhere. The, the, the last couple years, like to be working on a new project. So it's just exciting to me to see this team that, you know, is known for a little big plan and like these excellent 3d platformers to potentially go off and work on a brand new 3d platform or something new entirely, or, you know, uh, maybe a little Sly Cooper remake. Like that's uh, the, the, I the kind of pie in the sky, I guess I would say for me that that I think that would be the coolest fucking thing to see media molecule off working on Sly Cooper, but regardless, just having them going off and working on something new and, and getting away from dreams, I think is a a great idea across the board. Dreams just didn't regardless of, of how you felt about it or how you uh, enjoyed dreams. it just didn't hit the mark that it needed to hit given the fact that it took so long to develop. And I'm sure it was not the cheapest project ever because there's a lot of moving parts in dreams. So, um, yeah, I'm just glad to see their efforts going elsewhere. And I'm hopeful that personally, I don't really want uh, another little big planet game. I would really, really like to see what they can do with a new IP or, or, remaking a, a classic such as Sly Cooper. I think that would be, that would be great. So that is a media molecule news there. And then in the world of delays, suicide squad gets delayed again, I believe to February 2nd, 2024. That's what I wrote down, but I remember writing that down while, while I was in the car in my little notes app. And uh, I, so, you know, Check it and make sure I'm not wrong on that. But Suicide Squad for sure delayed until February 2024, and um, you know this was reported on by by Jason Schreier, who typically is very accurate with his reporting. So the the, the this isn't too surprising. I think the date is actually more surprising than anything you're talking about a nine month delay. Um, that that's significant, you know, that that's very, very significant. And it makes you question a lot of things. Like I, you don't think nine months is enough time to like really pull the guts out of that game and start reworking it from the inside. Like, I think it would still be a live service looter shooter game. Like, I don't think it's possible to remove those elements. I don't, Think I mean, it would depend on how pervasive and like like how prevalent they were in the game. Maybe you could get away with with just pulling out some of that shit to make it less intrusive, and then maybe that would be enough, or maybe just leveling back the loot a little bit, and and then you know removing some of those aspects of the game because that to me like i knew the game was going to be a live service game the bummer to me of course the live service aspect sucks as well just having rocksteady work on some shit that looks like fucking uh, fortnite and and uh, yeah the, the to me it just looked awful in general but the one of the bigger bummers was like the loot that seemed to be present in the single player function of the game as well like i'd be totally cool with if, well, 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 let me, let me step back. I would not be totally cool with it because I'm done getting burned by this shit for one. This would be something that I would pick up on a deep sale regardless because with your Avengers and in these other games that are supposedly they give you a single player story, but you you know that it's going to be fucking cookie cutter, milk toast, watered down single player content because a lot Uh, The majority of the effort went into getting the live service shit up and running because that is not an easy task whatsoever to get that stabilized and functional that that that's a you know, an entire fucking development job in and of itself to get a live service game. Up and running, not including the fact that you're trying to throw single player functionality in there as well. So something is going to get sacrificed and usually it's going to be the thing that's not making billions and billions of dollars. And that could typically be the, the single player component, although it does seem like the uh, live service cash cow, um, you know, th- that that might not be as uh, lucrative as previously believed either. But yeah, my, my thing is with these style of games, I, I'm just I'm never going to buy in day one again. Even if it is a live service game that has single player functionality. Never day one again. Cause I know the story, the 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 content in the story is going to be the main thing that is sacrificed. It it happens every fucking time. Every fucking time. You know, you look at your 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 anthems and your th- there's so many. Of, of these examples out there and it's the, the thing with suicide squad though, that, that I was going to say is that if it scaled back some of that loot shit, I think the single player stuff would probably be dramatically improved just that one little tweak, if you weren't having to worry about like level 45 fucking gloves and level 677 hats and level fucking 493 toenail polish, like I think the game would probably, probably be significantly improved from a single player standpoint of just going around and yeah, the, the combat looks absolutely fucking redundant, but going around and doing that, exploring this beautiful metropolis that they created and, um, you know, just experiencing a story that the story seemed really good. You know, the story seemed really good from the, the little bits that we got. Is it going to be fleshed out? Is it going to be deep? Is it going to be long? Like we really don't know if it's going to be, you know, uh, like the Avengers had some high moments in their story as well, but it's fairly short, uh, inconsistent storytelling at best, I would say. So, but, but I, I do, you know, rock steady is, is next level talent, but a lot of that talent is, is, no longer there. So Suicide Squad delayed to February 2024, a nine-month delay. Pretty significant. Going to be interesting to see what is changed, if anything, or if this is just a, if it was in a really rough state and it needs nine more months of polish. We shall see. All right, let's go ahead and, and rapid fire through the next couple sections here We're gonna close off with you know the final topic that, that you guys voted for which is the top 10 most underrated games of all time according to me but before that we got to talk about May's most anticipated and you know where we got to start off we gotta start off on May 2nd with redfall the infamous redfall and like I said dude it's coming to game pass I'm gonna play the damn thing I already pay for game pass I'm gonna check it out see see what they got going on in there. I, I, I'm not a frame rate snob. I think there could probably be s- uh, still some redeeming qualities of this game. I do think the the kind of a uh, scientific narrative that they got going on there of these rich people trying to reach immortality, like that's a- a- appealing to me. You know, the idea of it being more far cry than than um uh, fucking uh, back for blood. Th- that's appealing to me. Those style of things are appealing to me. And I do, once again, I acknowledge and I understand 100,000% you, 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 first person shooter fans being like, hell no, I will not be playing this thing on Xbox. I will either play it on PC or wait until the patch. I totally, totally get that or just, or skipping it altogether. I totally, totally get all that. But for someone like me, who's like, I, I enjoy first person shooters, but I'm not really like proficient at them. I don't really go into them trying to be extremely skilled. I just kind of fuck around, dick around a bit, get a narrative out of it. I I, I think Redfall kind of looks and sounds pretty, pretty interesting. Um, once again, though, totally inexcusable. Trillion dollar companies shouldn't be sacrificing one thing or the other. You should be getting... You know what, what you expect from a trillion dollar company, you should be getting that. I, I totally grant you that, and I think all of the complaints, which I, I just threw a lot out there as well, I, I think they're all warranted. But all right, May 4th, once again, another game pass drop. We have Ravenlock and the art style, it, it, it the art style man, that's really the selling point for Ravenlock. Here it is just magnificent it looks like a a a bad ass and trip like this this wild hallucination that you're experiencing with these crazy enemies coming at you and 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 it's just it's bright and colorful and then just with this zany ever-present danger feel to the world and to the game um it it looks to have maybe some some if I had to throw one critique out at it, it looks like the combat could be very samey and simplistic, but I I just think when you look at the visuals of this thing alone, something that you're, you're going to want to just jump into and check out the world and see what crazy fucking color palettes they're putting together and crazy weird concoctions that they're throwing at the wall here with the, the world and the visuals and the, the crazy a uh, fucking bad trip that you're going to be going down with uh with Ravenlock here. So May 4th that'll be dropping on Game Pass, Xbox and PC as well as same thing with um Redfall. 30 frames per second on Xbox and you know you you get your full 60 frames and all that on PC. May 12th we have Tears of the Kingdom exclusively to the Switch obviously and i i don't know where i stand with tears of the kingdom I'm, I'm not you know a big nintendo guy i'm not a zelda guy but i think i gotta jump in you know it's like i i, I gotta see what the hype is all about didn't play breath of the wild so it's like you know what let, let me let me do my due diligence here and then dive into it talk about it on the show give you my impressions my thoughts from the perspective of somebody who doesn't have the nostalgia connection from somebody who will be going into it and and looking at it as just an open world action adventure game and then you know not really knowing the plot points i think that could be a somewhat interesting perspective for people to hear, because I think that by and large, what you're going to get on the Internet is going to be people who love the franchise. And I, I like, you know, when I when I talk about Resident Evil, that's something you always have to keep in the back of your mind is I'm so invested in the franchise that like objectivity is damn near impossible when I'm talking about a Resident Evil game. But I feel like I'll be able to be pretty much 1000% objective with my thoughts on Zelda because I literally have zero bias towards the game at all. Of course I want it to be cool. And anytime I, anytime I dump fucking $70 on the counter to pick up a video game, I want the damn thing to be great. But I do have to say the, the, I I like some of the stuff that they got going on there with the crafting and the, the, the floating districts that you're exploring in the clouds and stuff. Like I I definitely think the game looks compelling and something that I, I do want to check out especially with like the vehicles that you're making and flying around with and 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 taking throughout these these landscapes and exploring like i i'm i'm down to check this out for sure i i i I do think it it definitely looks interesting so tears of the kingdom that will be may 12th amnesia the bunker drop in May 16th game pass day one as well big real fucking big month for game pass uh obviously Xbox sns uh, PS4 not coming to PS5 which is is really really interesting um look man amnesia is a series that inspired many many games you're looking at your somas and your outlasts and, and uh, uh, layers of fear it, it, it's very very uh, influential in that genre of the quote-unquote walking sim horror genre. It, it it inspired a lot of other titles. But Amnesia the Bunker seems to uh, be adding a new big feature here, which is going to give you a revolver to defend yourself with, which for me is, is crucial for, for getting me into this style of game because I've kind of phased out with the the first person walking sim horror titles you know your observers and your like i like i said i love 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 soma thought outlast was pretty solid but i i i'm i'm I'm, even stuff like in sound mind and uh Uh, What was it? St. Defina's hotel and and oxide room one Oh four. Like these games are starting to add in just like little interesting twists that are are just giving you a slight bit more agency and a little bit more gameplay. So I'm loving seeing that there's a little bit of evolution taking place within this genre. And I just hope amnesia, the bunker really nails it with uh, the new additions to gameplay there. Next up we have Lego. 2k drive i didn't write the damn release date down for that one let's head over to to the google see when lego 2k drive is coming out okay so lego 2k drive is dropping may 19th to all consoles and this this actually looks really fucking sick i, I can't sit here and lie. this this lego 2k drive game actually looks really sick i'm not gonna buy it 70 i think that's that's a little bit insane i know that 2k is is not going to budge on that 70 price tag anytime soon but yeah i i'm not buying lego 2k drive it's 70 bucks but i will say i do think the game looks cool as shit uh you're seeing the 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 building mechanics where you're building your cars brick by brick they're, they're, they're swapping on the fly between the the driving on the water and driving on the road and i, I think that i could be wrong on this but i feel like i remember in the trailer scene that you were even able to fly with your vehicle at some point i don't know maybe maybe they just hit a jump or some shit it looked like that regardless it's a lot of creativity customization and and all this shit taking place and some fun little physics systems at play with with lego 2k drive where you're you're you know if your car is too tall and you you hit like a fucking you 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 hit this barrier with your car bricks will start to topple over you go sliding into a rail you'll see some bricks start to fall off the side of your car like i I, that that shit's just charming it's fun I, i i enjoy a good kart racer especially like a good you know, local multi- multiplayer couch setting, you're sitting there with some buddies, bullshitting with a kart racer, like y- you really fucking can't beat that experience, so and and previews have been really positive on, on this LEGO 2K Drive game, so I, I'm hoping that this thing does really well and and I'll be seeing it probably this Black Friday season picking it up for, uh, I'll grab it for, for 30 bucks, uh, I'll yeah, I'll say thirty. If if it comes out in reviews pretty well, thirty bucks, I'm there for for Lego 2K Drive. And then on May 23rd, we have after us. This is coming to next gen console and PC. This is a, uh, I guess I would say the, the the easiest way of describing it for me, or the the easiest way of putting it for me, would be like a journey inspired adventure game. It's coming from a new developer, a Piccolo studio They're their, their first game with private division publishing it, which, you know, private division, they, they, they have a little, their, their name holds some weight. So curious to see what they saw in this game. Um, But, but yeah, I mean, immediately when you look at it, you're, you're seeing the vibes, you're seeing the, the artistic expression on offer. It's like this post-apocalyptic Uh, probably I would assume very depressing world that by the end of the game, you're, you're getting this beautiful message revealed to you. And I'm a sucker for that shit. I am a big old softy. I love a good artsy game that, that hits you in the feels, gets you a little depressed and then says, Hey, at the end of the day, go chase your dreams and explore this world as it was meant to be explored. I'm down for it, man. After us, May 23rd. And you know what? This next game I'm going to talk about is one that I think is on the receiving end of some slightly unnecessary criticism, I'll say. And that is the Lord of the Rings Gollum that is dropping May 25th everywhere except Switch. I've seen some gameplay on this game that that didn't look all that bad. And this whole, you know, the climbing systems and the traversal kind of like a little bit reminiscent of a stealth based uncharted (laughs) in a way where you're playing as the little fucking dude, you know, the the, the one character that you probably wouldn't want to play as in a video game uh, from Lord of the Rings. But I I love a good stealth game. And once again, you're talking about sixty bucks here not doing for me not dropping sixty bucks on this thing unless somehow it I, everyone is just totally wrong and this thing comes out to be the next fucking splinter cell Metal Gear solid bet's best stealth adventure ever created. then okay, maybe 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 at that point I'll consider dropping my sixty bucks. but i i I, I, I don't think that's what we're gonna be getting here. but with that being said, I, I I really led into my discussion here of this game a lot more positive than it's ending up now. but I will say I don't think it looks quite as bad as some people are making it out to look. It looks okay to me it looks okay a game that I could see dropping on game pass in a few months when when sales expectations fall a little bit short or or you know gets a significant cut price cut grab a copy for 20 bucks cuz i think it does have a physical copy which that is always um beneficial and appealing to me so when i see that physical copy on sale i, I might check out a little bit of a old lord of the rings gollum i'm just down for for like i said stealth games i'm i'm, I'm always uh, down to to check out the good ones because we they're, they're few and far between just in general, not even good ones, but just few and far between with, with stealth games period. So Lord of the Rings Gollum. And then honestly, I'm just assuming it's a stealth game. Cause he's a little dude. Like, I, I don't know. I don't really know shit about Lord of the Rings. I watched a little bit of like a couple of them. My, my dad enjoyed them. I watched, I went to the theater with him one time and watched some uh, Lord of the Rings. I don't, I don't remember. Which one it was. I ended up like going out to the they had like arcade out there. I would just like fuck around in the arcade. I think one time he thought he lost me at the it, that actually might have been while he was watching Lord of the Rings. Because I'm, I'm not sure, but I remember one time he thought he lost me while I was out in the fucking arcade and he was just watching the damn movie by himself. I was like four or five years old. Not not the world's best parenting, but that's how you end up the 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 way I am today. All right, um, what are we at May twenty sixth? Oh no, oh yeah, wow. I, I don't know why I even included that. I was gonna talk about Suicide Suicide Squad kill the Justice League, but that is no longer coming May twenty sixth, or July twenty sixth, or fucking August twenty sixth. I've somehow forgot. Damn, did I skip June May twenty sixth, June twenty sixth, July twenty sixth? You get what I'm saying? It's not coming out for a fucking while. Once again, being left by your parents at the at the movie theater getting improper uh, education that will make you jump from may to july skipping june highly educated not me i apologize mm-hmm. system shock remake may 30th pc only pc only man not dropping on consoles the same day as pc i i hope it comes to consoles this year because i really want to fucking play this thing you know, I really do want to want to check out System Shock, the remake, because it, it like inspired all these fucking uh, immersive sim games that followed it, and you know this and like Deus Ex, and it, it just like this was the 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 uh, really the the first big game of this genre where it was like all about the freedom of of exploration and kind of being able to do almost anything in this world and like. You know, I've heard great things about it. I've heard that two is the the, the best of that bunch there, but um I still want to check out the OG, the 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 one that started this whole trend. But it's been developed or it's been delayed many, many times. And uh I I just hope that if it does launch on May 30th, that the console releases, you know, August, September-ish. I hope it's not like 2024 before we see system shock on consoles. So that is May's most anticipated games, or at least the most anticipated games of May that I'm interested in. So hit me in the comments below. Let me know what your most anticipated games of may happen to be. All right. Now it's time to close off this damn show, this damn episode with the final topic. That you guys voted in on the community poll. It's time for the top 10 most underrated games. My personal picks. Got them lined up. Took way longer than it should have for me to to order this list out to separate my top 10. To, to, I probably should have like went console by console first. After I put up this poll, I was like, that's a fucking... Yeah, you should have went like top 10 most underrated PS1 games, top 10 most underrated PS2, PS3, PS4, PS. Like you you blow the whole fucking load doing like the top 10 all time at the start. Like you can't I can't go in console by console at this point and yeah. Hey, regardless, top ten most underrated games of all time, according to me, myself, and I. All right. Number 10 going with one that you'll probably expect from me if you've been following the channel for a while. Resident Evil 6, hands down, uh, one of the most hated mainline games from any franchise ever. And I, I just don't really get it. I just don't really get it at all. It has more significant content packed into one resident evil game than any other in the franchise by a long shot. You're talking about well over 20 hours of gameplay with the multiple different campaigns. You're talking about uh, Leon and Ada, their campaigns alone are, are worth the price of admission. They're, they're so solid, huge, huge highlights narratively for, for both of those characters. And just narratively in general, there's this real focus on uh, cinematic storytelling and and giving these characters uh, that we've, we've come to love over uh, the last fucking couple decades, a real spotlight. You know, these characters, uh, this story in, in resident evil six, it actually feels important. And it's, it's not like just an afterthought to get you back to the gameplay. And not to mention, dude, this is the first mainline Resident Evil game where you can move and shoot. You know, with that that new third person over-the-shoulder perspective that you got with RE4, you couldn't move and shoot in 05. You couldn't move and shoot in, in RE5, which launched in, uh, what was that, 2009? Yeah, what it, I think it was 2009, because I believe it came out did it come out in the same years? Whatever. It, it came out either 08, 09. And then you're looking at Dead Space. They're moving and shooting. I was like, well, what the fuck's going on here? And then RE6 drops. You're moving and shooting in a Resident Evil mainline game. And it fucking plays great. It feels great to play Resident Evil 6. I, I just, I, I don't really understand how you can love RE4. Okay. I can see how you love RE4 and maybe dislike RE6 because there's a a huge leap in just the amount of action. I can understand how you are a true, if you're a true like OG resident evil one through three fan, I get you not liking RE5 and RE6, but if you like RE5 and don't like RE6, I, I don't, I don't, I just don't even understand that. I don't understand that logic at all, but Hey, to each his own. We all have opinions. And we're all assholes, or however that saying goes. Number nine, The Forgotten City. This is this is a recent one, and I actually have one more that's even more recent than that, but I'm very passionate about both of them. The Forgotten City, this fucking little gem of a video game. It dropped in 2021 and was one of my favorite games of the year, and I think one of my all-time favorite indie experiences in general. It's this... Uh, First-person open-world uh, time-looping mystery adventure, but I, I think the key to this game's uniqueness really lies in the the characters and in their involvement with the world. Like literally every single character in this game world plays a a huge role in resolving this mystery. Kind of like you know we were talking about earlier with a space for the unbound there. There's some similarities there with the level of detail and importance that's put into all of the characters, but even more so in the forgotten city, everyone in this world, literally everyone in this world is important, holding a key piece of information, holding a key piece of lore, holding a key piece to move the story forward. And the, the setup of the forgotten city with you know the whole time looping thing how they play into that with the world pretty much resetting on itself if you commit like one of the 10 deadly sins you know if you go off and you fucking rob somebody you murder somebody whatever the case may be the world begins to reset and like like these these fucking guards come out and they're they're trying to kill you and you got to go and jump through this portal but when you come back on the other side of the portal all the information that you retained Previously, from your last run, you still keep. And so every single run, you're going in with more information, more clues on how to solve this mystery, and it, it wraps up you. You got multiple endings, branching plot lines, and it's so compact and full of rich detail and, and great story. And you're talking about a game that I think was developed by, I could be wrong on this, but I think it was like five people or maybe even less than that. Truly a fucking remarkable achievement that I would recommend anybody and everybody to go and check out. Also, visually, fucking good. Real good. It uh, it started off as a, a damn Skyrim mod, but people are like, dude, this is so dope. You got to fucking crank this out and make it into a main game. And they did indeed. The Forgotten City. It's a blast. That's number nine. Number eight. We have the Suffering. The motherfucking suffering is so underrated, Uh, a classic six gen title in an era where uh, brutality and and violence were King. The suffering was an absolute God amongst Kings. It was so brutal, so gory, so violent. Um, for uh, those of you who, who aren't, aware of, of what the suffering is. It's essentially like this third person shooter that's set in a prison setting where you're playing this dude who is convicted for killing his wife and kids. He has no memory of it. And you're kind of exploring that plot line, but really the star of the show here for one, it, it really begins with the, the monster design in this game. It's, I would say, hands down the, the sickest thing about the suffering each monster that you battle each enemy that you battle is designed in the form of, of a prison execution so you'll you'll battle enemies that have like uh, been beheaded or, or or hung and they're just like hanging from the, you just got you see the torso just fucking hanging there and the head hanging there and the new is so grotesque or even like little subtle uh executions or not executions but like subtle deaths that take place in prison where like someone will be wrapped in the fucking uh, isolation you know the isolation jacket whatever you call it and they just they were left to to fucking rot away in an isolation tank and then you're running into those enemy it's just it's littered with all these cool enemy designs and different types of monsters to to run up against and just just the atmosphere is phenomenal phenomenal the the third person shooting is phenomenal it feels kind of like if you guys played the uh punisher game on the ps2 it it feels a little bit reminiscent of that uh just just game feeling control wise but yeah great weapons great atmosphere kick-ass soundtrack it's just a it's a badass badass third person shooter on the playstation 2 number seven this is the one. This is definitely the the newest, the the freshest, on the list. But I, I loved this game so much last year that that I, I I gotta give it a shout out for those of you who have been around a while. You, you you're gonna know this, Evil West. I gotta say I was a little bit bummed last year, man. Uh, you know I'm finishing up the year and I'm like, okay, cool. I'm playing Evil West. I'm like, this is definitely a game that that by six months or whatever, when it goes on sale and people are getting their hands on it for the first time, people are just going to be praising this thing, talking about it's the hidden gem of the century. And it didn't really happen in, in the, the, the wave or in the, the frequency that I expected. I, you know, you do see people talking about it and people praising it, but evil West is so good, dude. It's so good. If you can find this thing on a sale, Hell, I would recommend it at full price, but I know to, to, to each his own on that. Some people, it's a shorter game. You know, you're talking about a whatever, 10-ish hour, third person, brutal, brutal melee action. Uh, you know, you got your firearms, your melee combat, tons of, of skill trees that add great variety to this gameplay system. Like we talked about with the suffering, immense amounts of gore your your volleyball spiking your enemy into uh, literal spikes seeing the damn spike protrude through their fucking gut it's bloody gory fun as hell you get all these cool different like you get like this, this shock ability and you're, you're, you have this like super fast zap ability where you're, you're going from one enemy to the next at light speed. And it really feels like it, it controls and plays a lot like a God of war style game, but with obviously with firearms, but it removes a lot of the tedious stuff from the God of war games. A lot of the puzzle solving has gone. The story is a lot more campy, a lot less serious and a lot, I It's not on the level of a God of War story. I'm not, or at least the 2018 and then 2022 game. But I will say the campiness and the fun of it, and it's presented well with a nice cinematic flair. And you know, this Western vampire slaying world, the monsters are great. It's just, it's a fucking great game. Evil West, number seven. Coming in at number six, though, we have Freedom Fighters old classic EA days back when they, they were cranking out these eight to 10 hour games on a regular basis. And I think freedom fighters is one of the best that they ever made. Just uh, Not even just within the eight to 10 hour range or restriction there. Like one of the best EA games ever. It's fucking great. IO interactive was actually the developer on freedom fighters, which I, I didn't even know before making this list. IO Interactive, for those of you who don't know, the the team that developed the uh, Hitman series, and then also developed this damn Freedom Fighters game, and they they absolutely crushed it, dude. It's this alternate history sort of uh, plot line where Russia wins the Cold War, but I the story is solid. The story is, is solid. It's good with with Freedom Fighters, but really the star of the show is the gameplay. It's the third-person shooting that controls incredibly well, uh, very fast-paced, but also very tactile and strategic where you can like uh, command your squad with very very simple button prompts to move in or fall back, regroup whatever. And at the time the the AI was just incredibly fucking advanced your troops were always you know on their toes very responsive doing exactly what you you sent them to do and it wasn't like too cumbersome to engage with those systems like the the strategic aspects of the game were actually fun and aided the third person shooting shooting opposed to uh taking away from that experience and, and it, it just all blended together so well with a, with a solid story, great third-person shooting. Uh, the strategic elements were, were very advanced for the time. The AI was very advanced for the time. It was just a, a, a really great video game that unfortunately it just doesn't really get talked about enough today. Coming in at number five, I have Beyond Good and Evil. Such a slept-on title. Probably... Uh, maybe my favorite Ubisoft game ever. It would be right up there with like Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which I actually think is a pretty damn underrated Assassin's Creed game. But for whatever reason, Ubisoft is just in total uh, refusal mode to get this damn sequel out. And I, it, that, that, it just bums me out, man. It really bums me out because I think that some of the shit we saw some of the gameplay we saw of that sequel looked really promising, but regardless, whatever, uh, Beyond Good and Evil 1 is uh, magnificent. It, it's combining stealth sections with full-on action with fucking uh, hovercraft exploration and little mini-games where you're racing your hovercraft or playing some air hockey-esque games and... It it also I think has a deceptively deep story when you look at it. the The presentation it looks a little bit cartoony, but when you actually get in, you're talking about plot lines of government conspiracy and and like secret shadowy organ organizations and shit. Like, there's a lot going on with Beyond Good and Evil uh, that first game that, that are are a lot deeper and uh, much better narratively than you would expect. Highly recommend checking out Beyond Good and Evil. Unfortunately, I don't think we'll ever see a sequel. Number four, Alpha Protocol. This thing is sitting at a 64 on Metacritic. I don't know what else I can add there. Ridiculous. This game fucking rules. It's a Obsidian-developed third-person shooter- action role-playing game where 100% of the focus with alpha protocol is in the narrative. You're you're playing as Michael Thornton I actually just replayed it playing as Michael Thornton and uh, you are essentially betrayed by the American government and you're, you're sent off on your own to recover information, recover Intel working with some shady, some shady people that may or may not be you know looking out for your best interest may or may not be someone that you should or should not align with it's just it's all about the narrative it's all about the decisions you make the gameplay is decent enough but it's just an all-time great story that that is sitting at a fucking 64 on metacritic right now it's like like it, it doesn't even make any sense at all to me that alpha protocol is really damn great like like legitimately really great i i don't get it number three jade empire bioware's forgotten gym and uh once again talking about like reviews here don't get me wrong like this game did not perform poorly when it was reviewed it was reviewed really really well it's just once again talking about the the general discussion Around games and when people are discussing like the best six gen titles, no one really brings up Jade Empire and it absolutely belongs in that discussion. Uh, It's giving you, you know, your your great Bioware narrative with with the decision making and the unexpected twists along with uh, they're really the, the first time Bioware ever delved into like like full on real time action with this solid ass melee combat system in uh in jade empire i I really think this is the best in terms of like melee combat real-time action melee combat i think this is the best that bioware's ever done i i enjoy the combat system in in jade empire more than i do in uh in in like dragon age inquisition and yeah it's just like they have these crazy fucking transformations where you're you're shape-shifting into a a damn rhino-like figure and and just Fucking wreaking havoc on the world. Uh, just a dope ass game, full of customization and different fighting styles, and and, and cool ass like little uh, pacing shakeups out of nowhere. Like you'll have a, a section where y- you go from you know your real your full time real combat stuff to taking control of a ship and engaging in like almost some some shoot 'em up action. You're you're in the skies battling it out. It's so sick. it's so fun. It's absolutely, it belongs in the discussion. When, when people are talking about the greatest, uh, well, this would be an Xbox exclusive, but when you're talking about the greatest from that generation, the PS2 and Xbox and GameCube era, this is absolutely among the the greatest of that era. And it's never discussed as such, which bums me out. Number two, the evil within two, you guys that know me, you knew this would be on the list to me this is uh, the best survival horror game since RE4 in, in 2005 like when it released obviously the the remake RE4 remake it, 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 it not talking about that when the evil within 2 dropped in 2017 i think at that time it was the best survival horror game since RE4 in 05 it, it 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 gives you this like smallish open world that evolves in the most Intentional and dangerous manner, making you question if hunting for the resources is worth it. But what I think makes the open world so unique is the fact that it's not even like the main focus of the game. You get this full-on linear story path to follow along with, that's really damn good and has a fucking great ending. And then. On top of that, as just a a nice little cherry on top, you get an open world to explore that that gives you more story context, that gives you some little side quests to go and do with Sebastian. It's excellent. And and the gameplay is excellent. It it feels so much better in every regard than the first game. Just controlling Sebastian feels so much better. It kind of feels like it took some inspiration from The Last of Us. And I, I just think it benefits greatly from it. it it's sitting at a damn 76 on metacritic right now the 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 ps4 version which is the one i played and that's 1000 percent bullshit I, I i know it's subjective i know it's opinions that's a crazy opinion that's an insane opinion that that many people had at the same time came up with this thing to sit at a 76 this many critics that have been playing games for that damn long Come on, man. What, what, what are we doing to Do the Evil Within 2? A 76? Asa 9. As a 10, Asa 11, as a 12. Number one, the most underrated game ever made, according to me. Sleeping Dogs. This is on par and surpasses. Uh, I'll, I'll say surpasses straight up. And in almost every regard, every possible metric, I think this game surpasses pretty much any Grand Theft Auto game, at least modern Grand Theft Auto game. 100%. This is better than Grand Theft Auto 5. This is better than Grand Theft Auto 4. And it's sitting at a 77 on Metacritic. It's criminal. And, you know, I'm not bringing up Metacritic for every single game here because some of the games... You know, we're talking about underrated titles that uh, just just maybe don't get discussed enough or they're, they're so great. People know they're great, but they don't get discussed when talking about all time greats. I think that's underrated, overlooked, whatever you want to call it. But this is like in the purest sense of the word, the the pure definition of underrated sleeping dogs is that this game is like a combination of, of Max Payne with, with a, like I said, a Grand Theft Auto-like open world with, uh, like, Arkham-like combat also with solid shooting. I mean, uh, did you... Did, let me repeat. Arkham-like combat, which is the best melee combat in the history of video games. A Grand Theft Auto-like open world. Rockstar creates the, the greatest open worlds in the history of video games. Max Payne-like fucking bullet time mechanics and shit at times, which is one of the wildest most innovative fucking great little features, mechanics in game history. And it's all combined into sleeping dogs with, with, with fucking high octane uh, I, I, Italian job fast and fury I, I can't think of good <laughs> chase sequences right now off the top of my head for movies, but like it has some of those, chase scenes that you'll see from movies where your, your characters jumping from the top of the car to, to, you know, jumping from the top of, uh, he hops on the roof of his car, hops to the, the, the roof of the other car that he's chasing, pulls the bad guy out of the car. Like it's fucking epic. The boat chases just some of the shit that takes place in this game is it's ridiculous. It's the most underrated game I've ever played in my life. There wasn't a second, a millisecond of this game where I wasn't having an absolute blast. And and it's an open world 30 plus hour game. And not a millisecond went by where I wasn't enjoying the shit out of this product. It's great. The story solid, the, the, you know, uh, kind of the betrayal arc of this cop and you know going in and going undercover and 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 getting involved with this crime syndicate and the conflicting emotions that start to build over the course of this story top tier it's fucking top tier sleeping dogs is the best of the best it's the most underrated game ever created as far as my brain is concerned that's the final topic of the show, voted on by the people for the people. I appreciate you all so much for for diving in for checking out the episode. We got a we got a we got we got a we got a chunky one here. We're talking about a two hour one or close to it. I'll try to edit this thing up, make it a little bit less, uh, you know, bulky there, but it's going to be a big one. So hope you all enjoy it. I'll try to get this thing clipped out a little bit. Get this thing. You know, trimmed up a little bit, and uh, that's about all I got on 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 my brain for today. My 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 brain is ready for some playoffs, for some playoffs action tomorrow, Sunday. Let's fucking get it. NBA season it's upon us. I actually, I'm on call all day tomorrow at work, and I'm just praying to to to. To the basketball gods, to the Bill Russells, to the Wilt Chamberlains, up in heaven with his eleven thousand women. Please, please, let let let's just have a a nice chill day. No need to get called in for work tomorrow. Let's let's cruise through, grab some chips and dip, chill out, drink some caffeine-free diet coke because I'm very healthy maybe eat some Oreos gluten-free cause I'm very, very healthy. Hit me comments, uh, leave a good review on the podcast service. The, 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 podcast numbers are doing pretty well lately. So I appreciate, I appreciate y'all for tuning in on the, on the pod services. Um, uh, once again, I said this in the community post, but I just appreciate the shit out of y'all for, uh, for giving the show a chance. You know, I know it's a shake up to the system doing something new trying a new endeavor uh i know you know personally sometimes i'll watch a podcast or whatever and you know they'll go in a different direction i'm like damn i liked the other stuff but i'm trying my best to keep a lot of what made the other stuff good and include new stuff to to make it even better so i'm hoping that I'm hoping that people enjoy it and, and, and are are down with the weekly format. And it seems to, to be that, that most of the subscribers are tuning in and checking it out. So I just appreciate the shit out of y'all, man. I really, really do. And uh, yeah, rate, review, subscribe, drop a like, drop a comment, help me out for the old algorithm, kick it out there to a couple more eyeballs. And uh, that's it for me, man. Hit me in the comments. Let me know what you thought about the show. And I will see you guys in the next episode. Goodbye.